Hi, I'm Raven, and I'm the Slovenian representative for Eurovision 2024, and you're listening to Building Bridges podcast. Building Bridges. You're good to go. Welcome to Building Bridges. I'm Sebi. And I'm Dave. And yet again, we are without Jan. For now. For now. And this is a Eurovision podcast for the rest of us. Well, today is the big day. We are finally finding out who will represent Slovenia at the Eurovision Song Contest 2024 in Malmö. I am super duper excited. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, it's been an interesting few weeks, I guess. I mean, we all thought um, we'd have the mission to Malmö, the replacement of EMA, I guess, as a national final for Slovenia. But now, last week, they came out and said they're going to select internally, and uh, they're going to reveal it today at the Opera House in Ljubljana. So we're, we're just kind of on pins and needles waiting for, I guess, confirmation of whoever that might be. And there are whispers, there are rumors, but we won't know until uh, Jan joins us, I guess, in a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, the rumors are very, very loud, and they're getting even louder, and I'm getting more and more of a signal from Jan now. Um, what do you think? Should we keep them waiting for longer or should we just switch to Jan in Ljubljana right now and talk to the artist? Yes, we, would, we wouldn't want to say anything incorrect. So uh, let's see what's, what's happening in Ljubljana. Bojan Cvetićan, in frontman of Joker Out, how can you um, re-rep 2023 for you, in, including Eurovision as well? Uh, well, of course, without Eurovision this year would be I'm pretty sure a lot, a lot different. Um, it's been the most fun and the most hectic year of our entire lives. Um, obviously, never has so many things changed in our lives in such a short period of time. Um, the first couple of months were obviously in the sign of Eurovision and uh, everything was exclusively... Uh, made and dedicated to Eurovision, uh, which was a beautiful time. We traveled a lot, we met a lot of beautiful people and had the honor of representing Slovenia as the Eurovision contestants. And after that, it happened that we've acquired enough fans during the Eurovision time um, all throughout Europe for us to have a very successful Eurovision uh, Europe tour afterwards. So I literally came back yesterday um, from the last leg of the tour. Um, yeah, we visited more than 20 countries this year. Awesome. Um, if you if you count, let's say the whole tour, you guys have been touring around pretty much all around Europe and and even more. What is in the cards for Joker Out for 2024? Um, well, in the cards for 2024 is uh, definitely some countries that we couldn't visit this year. We've already put out a first leg of the tour, which is March and the beginning of April, um, where we are also including some countries um, like France, Italy, Latvia and so on that weren't uh, in 2023 tour. We're going to have a very cool festival season. Um, we've just been announced for Sigurd Festival and we're doing a lot more. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's going to be an exciting year then. It's going to be an exciting year and we're definitely going to expand the Europe territory onto maybe the world's territory. 
best of luck and um, enjoy the rest of the year. Thank you so much. Maja Kluin, Head of Delegation for Slovenia at the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello and welcome. Hello. You just announced that Terevan is going to represent Slovenia at the Eurovision next year in Malmo, Sweden. Um, what made you select that decision for a second year in a row after success of Joker Out? Well, firstly, I would like to say that we are very honored and pleased that Raven is going to represent us because I personally and my whole team believe that she has what it takes. Uh, we came to this decision by uh, having an international jury that basically select her. She, she got the most points. She, got, she, she was the only one that got points from every member of the jury. And, uh, well, I personally believe exactly as you said after the success of Joker Out that it's not only the song that represents us but only uh, also a person his story his vision how he or she represents the country nonetheless so uh, I, I think she definitely has what it takes and more so I'm super excited to work with her in the next months It's going to be an exciting journey. Uh, so what is in the cards for Raven for the, what can you tell us about the plans or maybe a tiny little bit about the song? We know it's going to be in Slovenian. Is there anything that you can say more about that? Well, um, of course it's going to be in Slovenian because I think it's also important that it is in Slovenian. We kind of like that because I think it's a good representation of the country. As we see Joker out now, the whole Europe is singing Slovenian with them on their concert. So I think that's an important aspect as well. And she chose Slovenian and we are very glad about it. And she also chose a theme for her upcoming album. It's very interesting and very... Um, up to date, I would say, and also who is Veronica? That gives you a clue that maybe the song is titled Veronica, and how we're gonna go about uh, the the whole presentation and everything is that uh, maybe you could see that in the presentation video. So this is a slight road that we gave you how we're gonna go about it. Masha, thank you very much and uh, wish you best of luck with the preparations for the upcoming edition of Eurovision Song Contest, both for you and for Raven as well. Thank you, my dear Jan. It was a pleasure. Building Bridges Eurovision podcast here at Slovenian National Theatre in Ljubljana. I'm here with Raven, who will represent Slovenia next year at Eurovision. Hi. Hi. Um, We started the Eurovision season quite early this year, including you. Um, it's the fourth time for you to try to represent Slovenia. Now it's your turn. Um, how, do you f how do you feel about this whole upcoming process, which is in front of you? I'm very surprised, uh, very excited, uh, scared. I feel a lot of emotions all at once. I, yeah. Have been able to, to keep that as a secret because the fandom was pretty much just, you know... <laughs> They knew before I knew, yeah. just so <laughs> let's be clear about that. Really, the rumors started very early, but I did not know until like a week ago. Yeah. A week ago? That's yes. official, the official yes. information? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so we know that song is going to be called Veronica. Uh, what kind of Veronica will be with you on the stage? Veronica um, is inspired by the story of Veronica de Sanishka, who was the first woman to be tried as a witch in Slovenia. And I think her story is very um, applicable still today. 
Did you know that when, when you were writing a song, did you know this is going to be the most perfect song to apply for Eurovision? I did not write it with... Um, I did way. not... Yeah, that way. I did not know that I'm going to apply. I didn't know at that time that I will apply with Eurovi uh, to um, Ema with this song. But when I... Still, when I was doing it, I, when I was making it, I, I, I had this slight kind of feeling that it would be amazing on, a, on Eurovision stage. And maybe lastly, uh, what are you the most? What are you most exciting about uh, uh, the whole thing? I'm most excited about um, putting everything together visually as well. To, to I just really want to make a performance that will support the song. Yeah. Thank you so much, Raven. We will be with you on your Eurovision journey, and best of luck. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you, Jan, for this nice interview. That was amazing. And this is our first exclusive interview, actually. So I'm very, very happy about that. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear the song. Uh, I guess it's the 20th of January we'll hear that, if I remember correctly. So about a month ago, yes. but um, I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully it's more of an Estonia 2018 opera song and less a Belgium 2014 opera song. But time will tell. Yes. While uh, was cancelled, we do have some updates on other national finals that did happen or will actually happen. Uh, Czechia uh, presented its seven songs with a live show. Um, Dave, what did you think of the live show? Um, very similar to the last year I found in terms of overall quality, but what I thought really elevated it was actually having an audience there for the first time in many, many, well, first time since they've come back in 2015 that they've had a live audience. So that was cool. And of course, we know a few people who were in the crowd and we spoke yeah. with Ahmad last week who was there keeping everybody updated on social media. So it was it was really nice to see. Um, I'm torn, though. I don't really have a favorite. And I think my favorite isn't the most popular choice online. So, um, but that that's fitting for me. Of course, I always pick the one that never wins. So that yes. totally makes sense. So I apologize to Thomas who won't win because you were my favorite. So I'm sorry. Thomas Robin. Yeah. For Tom Sean. Well, um, I have to say, I thought uh, last year, you know, they were in the studio, which was, of course, not as thrilling. But um, I thought this time they had some sound problems or something like that. It didn't really. Okay, so it wasn't just me. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought something was a bit off. Um, my favorite song actually was uh, Tom Sean's when I heard the studio versions. And um, I did like Ico as well in the studio version. But after the live performance, I have to say it's a no from me maybe maybe their in-ears weren't working or there was an issue yeah. there I I, I I can't really tell what happened i do have to say my favorite live performance was my die with the red flag parade and i don't really like that song title because i think you know red flag is very current it is you know popular culture right now but in a few years it's gonna be so outdated and you know it's like a song from 2012 mm. called yolo or something like that <laughs> um but overall, this was the only one who could really, you know, hype up the crowd and who could really give a good live performance. And it is a very interesting song, so I wouldn't mind it being selected for Czechia. Yeah, and it, se it seems like it's the fan favorite online, too. Every poll I'm seeing, they seem to be at the top. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if they win, but given the international fans have 70% of the say. I was going to say, this is the only national final where, like, the fans can actually vote. Usually the fan voices don't matter as much as they do in this case. 
Yes, because you would never download a VPN and pretend you were in another country to vote in their national final. That would be wrong. Yes. And of course, that always works. And of course, they can't detect VPNs. <laughs> How about Estonia? We got some news from Esti Laul. Well, I only heard uh, some of the songs. You know, I uh, shout out to Mizerovitsia. That's what I was mixing up with. That's the Polish Eurovision channel, of course, who always puts up recaps yes, for yeah. all national finals. Amazing work. And, you know, after like the songs have been out two minutes and they have a full recap. Kudos. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was fantastic. The big standout again, like last year to me, was Ollie. Uh, his song is called My Friend. I think it's even harder, you know. Last year it was like, you know, I was I want I want to say pop rock or pop metal, and this time it's rougher, which I really like. Um, I also liked uh, Brother Apollo with Bad Boy. They are one of the five who are directly qualified to the final. And all in all, it's a decent national final. I just don't have that many standouts, you know. Last year we had Alika, we had Ollie, we had the Bad Wetters, we had Melik. <laughs> They were so weird. We had Yannick yeah, with House of Glass, which was really good. And this year, it's they're all like very, you know, on a similar level. You know, there's not the few standouts. They're all just, you know, they're all decent. I want to say. Well, at least watching the show that'll make it a bit more interesting. It'll be, it'll be harder to figure out who's going to win. There's nothing worse than when you have like a Lorraine in a competition, and you know, the, yeah. like why even waste the money? Just send her and be done with it. You know. It takes all the suspense out of the voting at the end. So that might make it interesting. I, I have to admit, I've been bad. I've been very busy. I haven't heard any of the songs yet. Uh, I've been packing for an upcoming trip. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to a little break, but uh, I will catch up on Estonia. And I, I look forward to Estonia every year. One of those little national finals that uh, yeah. you always get some joy out of watching. Yeah, I think we can talk more about Estonia, you know, once we have the semifinals, the live performances and so on. Of course, and hopefully talk to some of the artists as well. Yes, everyone is well. Fingers crossed there. We will try our best. And of course, they're they're in. They're confirmed. That was the other big news uh, lately. Uh, no shock that the number, I think, is 37. So we're gaining Luxembourg, but we're losing a country too. So what do you make of that, Sebi? Well, um, Romania was a question mark this whole time, and there have been rumors, but you know, they're not officially out yet either, but I don't see, you know, Romania is always, you know, 2016, the drama was huge. I would prefer it that way, you know, that they're not on the list and have negotiations, then select an entry and then be disqualified after, because, you know, poor Ovidio, I still feel for him. Uh, Select him this year, if you decide to uh, go. Um, I think my bigger surprise was North Macedonia. I really thought, you know, they were back in junior Eurovision as well. And I really thought they were going to come back, you know. I think there were a few countries except Kazakhstan, who is more often in junior (laughs) Eurovision than in the actual thing. So it, I I mean, my gut was telling me they wouldn't be back. I know they set some money aside in their budget to come back or, or, or for Eurovision. It was very vague. But the the amounts, when you think um, just the participation fee, and then you've got to pick an artist. Even if you pick internally, you've got to, you've got to, you know, people people are working towards that. So you're paying them to do that. Then you've got to fly them there to the site, and they're there for two weeks, and the per diems, and the hotels, mm-hmm. and the travel. Like it's not cheap. So um, it's disappointing. I was really hoping they'd be back. Um, but of course not. There were whispers Montenegro might come back. Nothing from them. Yeah. I think other than Romania, the biggest um, question we had answered was Australia. 
because I think that might have been holding up the re- reveal of the list anyway. That and Romania. Yeah, but do you notice how underrepresented the Balkan is becoming now? We don't have Bosnia, we don't have Montenegro, we don't have North Macedonia, we don't have Romania, we don't have Bulgaria. Belarus and Russia are, you know, uh, gone anyway. Hungary and Slovakia, you know, we're losing all of <laughs> half of Eastern Europe, you know. Ukraine and Moldova are pretty and much... And they all, they all fought so hard to enter Eurovision back in the day too, and now they're all vanishing. Like, sir, if you look at a map of participating countries, Serbia is almost entirely circled by non-participating countries. Everyone's social distancing around Serbia. I guess oh. so. <laughs> you know, um, in the 2000s, it was more like the West was more fed up with Eurovision. And, you know, 2007 in particular, there was no Western European country in the top 10. And all these countries were participating and were doing well. And now I think the tables are turning again. I remember in uh, 2021, uh, there was this scenario when there were three countries uh, who could still win, which were France, Italy, and Switzerland, who were all in the first Eurovision, you know, all the founding fathers. Yeah. And in general, I think the West has regained a lot of power now, and the East is more, you know, except Ukraine maybe and Moldova. They're doing pretty well. Serbia also, but, you know, um, Romania, Bulgaria, etc. you know, they are not doing as well anymore as they used to in the past. Even those who still participate, you know, Azerbaijan and Greece used to be surefire top 10 countries. And now it's pretty much, you know. Yeah. I find Moldova an interesting case study because as, as for a small country, like they, they really punch above their weight in terms of the size of the country, their population, um, financially as well. Obviously, they're, they're not exactly the most well-off country um, in yeah. Europe. But they still find a way to participate every year, and they always send something that the fans love. And they always stage really well. They're almost always yeah. in the top 10 of the televote. I mean, remember 2018, they had, you know, a mediocre song. They gave you, like, a show, like a real show, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, 2019, I mean, the song really wasn't that good, but they gave you a sand artist. Even though it was done before, you know, they still put out whatever <laughs> they could. Um Nobody forgets sugar. Nobody forgets Zdopzistup or Pasha. Uh, I think they're on a pretty good way. I hope it continues for them. And I think the better Moldova does, the more it could motivate Romania to come back. If Moldova would win, hypothetically, there would be no way Romania wouldn't be back next year. True. Yeah. yeah. And every every country needs their Cyprus and Greece, right? They need their Romania. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. That was it from us for now. But we will be back with lots of more Eurovision content. It's really pacing up right now. It's, it's like, going to be you know, a very busy Eurovision week. Just before I go on vacation, of course. Definitely. Who needs a break? Of course. No break over no. Christmas. <laughs> so, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Ciao.